0: Hello. Hey caller. What's going on man?
1: Um, I'm feeling good today you feeling good I think so I think I've had a good day feeling That's, refreshed
0: nice man you been to any gigs or anything uh I have yeah I what have. did you go to I went to soil work oh yeah last I was week going with that yep so supported by eye of the enemy and in malice's wake yes so f- the the two supports were both great put on a good show mm-hmm. but their sound was not great um, uh, bummer so I personally struggled to hear much action from the guitars Um uh, or at least, like, they were there, but I couldn't make out what they were playing other than just a wall of noise kind of thing, which is not really what either of those bands go for. Um, so, that yeah, the vocals were a bit loud. The guitar's a bit quiet for my taste. Um, That's a bummer.
1: Because you really but, like that last
0: uh, Eye of the Enemy album, yeah? Yeah. And the one before that, I liked even more. Um, so... But it was still fun, and then the the sound issues seemed to resolve themselves for Soil Work. So fantastic, um, and they were good. They were they were better than I was expecting. Because right,
1: um, you weren't as into the the new album as I was. It's dad Rock. You called it Dad Rock. That's right. Dad O Death or something. Mellow Dad. <laughs> 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 you called it something.
0: Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the the tracks they played off the new one were pretty good. It was the the faster, heavier ones, mm-hmm. um, and the like. You can just tell their season seasoned pros there. Bjorn's yeah, got good charisma on stage. Mm. Um and funnily enough, I when I did a Kentucky tour in Europe a few years back, yep. his cousin was my tour guide. Okay. Um so she saw me wearing a metal shirt and was like, Oh, do you know this band? And I was like, Yeah. She's like, Oh yeah, that's my cousin.
1: And she slipped your business card and said, he'll do guest vocals on your album. Hit me up. <laughs> I did. I started because I was going to do the countdown of all the, ranking all the, everyone calls him Speed, but I'm not calling him Speed. The Bjorn Street guest vocals. Why is uh, he called I Speed? Because he, everything he's written since the 90s has, has put that in there. I don't know. I've never heard anyone like call him that, but I also don't hang out with him. So you <laughs> know, maybe people do, but it's always something <laughs> I've read and been like, really? <laughs> um, and I made a whole Spotify playlist. and There's like 300 of them. Really? Oh, there's a fucking lot here. Three hundreds uh, too many, but there was like in excess of a hundred. <laughs> Hang on. Wow. And I and that's not even they're not even all on Spotify. And I got through about forty. Yeah, 149 songs. Fuck. And that's like not including ones where he's done like guest vocals for like a whole EP or a whole album or something. It's like these yeah,
0: are one-off songs.
1: Yeah, there's a couple where there's like two or three on the same album where I'm like, oh, borderline. But 149, no. I think I wrote
0: notes on about 30 and was like, fuck this. <laughs> Ha ha ha. Um, speeding on past that. Yeah. So that's the only thing you've been to see? I um, feel like there was something else, but can't even remember now. Right. Well, you? Yeah. Yeah, go on. Who have you seen? I've not seen anyone.
1: No. But after my um, buying, not, I'm not sure about live music, I haven't been buying tickets thing. I bought all the tickets. <laughs> I bought like a week after that. I, I've, I've now broken my record for um, how quickly I bought heat tickets because, um, incidentally, also sitting on the, in the toilet at work checking my emails, but I I discovered that uh in January electric six are doing a twenty year anniversary uh tour where they're playing their first album in full, which is the one with gay u r and danger danger and stuff on it and I like electric six quite a lot so i i bought <laughs> i bought those quick smart. Yep. Um, and then I've also bought... Did you buy uh, NotFest tickets? Because I bought NotFest tickets.
0: Hell yeah, man. Yeah, that is going to be fucking sick. Because it's all the bands you
1: like. It's, it's fucking all Trivium and Northlane. Yeah.
0: They're sitting next to each other. I've seen them.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I am hoping there are, you know, more bands to be announced.
0: I don't even care at this point. They've got all the bands that I care about. They so. do. They
1: have all the bands. So what is it for people? It's Slipknot, Parkway Drive, Megadeth, Trivium, Northlane, Amonimath. In Flames. Those, I think they're up. Malevolence. They're coming as well. Yep. So they, they kind of do have all the vans, but I did, like, I'm feeling a bit, the hype hasn't hit. I was just like, oh yeah, I like all those vans. Uh, it's,
0: still, it's still a long way away, so.
1: Yeah. Whereas um, I am I am so pumped for good things. Which nice. You went and bought a ticket to, and now you, now you don't want to go. <laughs> Correct. Because uh, you, you the sideshow has got announced, so you're going to go to, what is it, Electric Cowboy and Gojira?
0: Exactly right. Yep.
1: Uh-huh. Now, I get it, but I also don't, because you like that last Bring Me the Horizon album, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I like Bring Me the Horizon a lot in general, but. Um, I've seen them before. Uh-huh. They were really good when I saw them, uh-huh. but I don't have confidence in them to be consistently good live. Um, and so, like, if I knew for sure that they were going to be on form, then I would be more keen to go. Um, uh-huh. But the uncertainty is enough for me to be wary about it. And, like, there are some other bands on there that would be cool to see. Uh-huh. Um but it's the by and large, they're the kind of bands that like I'm not gonna pay extra to see them, but if they're there, I will see them, if that makes sense. Um so we'll see. I mean it's there's a there's a chance that no one buys the ticket, in which case I'll just have to suffer through Going to see the bands yeah. I love twice.
1: Now bring me the horizon, because I looked up the set list, they're playing all the new shit. Right. I don't want them to. It's like I don't know. What do you I define don't... as new? Oh no, as in literally the last album. It's like right. a lot of stuff off that which like there's a few songs on there I like.
0: The EP, like. you mean? Yeah,
1: well, it's 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 an album. It's like eight tracks long. Yeah. Whatever the last one was. Yep. I would call it an album. Um they're playing a bunch off that, not Ludens. I mean, and this I don't know what they're gonna play on the day, but like this is just what they've been playing recently. Mm. But like I think I like the first two or three songs off that and then and yeah, Luden's rules, and they're not playing it. And then I don't, I don't get the hype around. Can you feel my heart?
0: That's a banger, man.
1: I don't like. I've never really dug it. You can't feel his heart. Like well, the other problem is, I think Doomed is a way better version of that song.
0: Yeah, Doomed is the best song they've written.
1: Yeah, it's up there. It's pretty sick. So I'm like, just that or doomed. Shadow?
0: That or Shadow Moses? Um, shadow
1: Moses is good. I think I'd but... still go in for something off the off the earlier albums. Not the not the first one, which is garbage. But um, no, I've seen I've seen Bring Me the Horizon twice. Mm. Thank you. One was one of the worst shows I've ever seen, which was literally that was before that was before when they the only Voice. had the first album. Right. I think it was them and and I killed the prom queen, co-headliner, if you can imagine. One of those right. bands Isn't... is now headlining um download. One is not. Um <laughs> but yeah, it was them supporting I Killed the Prom Queen, and they, they didn't have they only had the first album and they were they were sloppy and awful and terrible. And they played they played one song, the the Diamonds Art Forever one, and I mocked them for the we will never sleep because sleep is for the week thing which now I fucking love when they played Soundwave and they, which was I think it was like the week after Sempiternal was released
0: yep which I that don't was, like Sempiternal I think that was the tour when I when I saw them right uh, I don't saw like as, as much
1: as other people like I think it's very good but I do prefer that the two albums before but um so that had just dropped and it was Metallica headlining I love Metallica and I watched them and they were playing old stuff can't remember what they opened with oh, it would have been Hit the Lights yeah so they played Hit the Lights they played Four Horsemen and Harvest of sorrow i think so just like this is metallica up there playing deep cuts from injustice for all and i was like just not feeling it just not not vibing i was like all right i'll go see what bring me their eyes are doing because they're playing everything and i thought i would have missed the start but they were delayed and i got there just as they were like starting and they had like a mm. big curtain and they did their like the intro music from shadow moses kicked in ah uh, yeah. I fucking lost my shit colour. It was so good. They were like the band of of the day and I wasn't even gonna bother seeing them because they were clashing with fucking Metallica. But I was like, oh, this is good. So yeah, I am I am excited to see them because I do like some of the new stuff. But anyway, more pumped about uh Electric Cowboy, who I, I get paid next week. So I might buy um yeah, tickets to that side show as well. Nice. Well, I had a quick look at the set list for them too. Have you have you checked out the set list? I have not. There's there's some things you think they'd play that they're, they're not.
0: Such as the,
1: the song about that where the arrow where he goes around shooting everyone with a love gun.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I've watched that video like a million times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so into it. And no techno train. Oh come on man. How am I gonna get my spaghetti f- ready? <laughs> <if they don't- laughs> trade so i think i might still go because they are playing everything else because it's only yeah it's only 50 bucks or something which is a good deal yeah and then because it's i'm weighing that up do i pull the trigger on a hundred dollar ticket to go see kyle ray japson do i do it
0: no mm spoiler alert. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, wait. Have you have you listened to those ones? I have. All right. We'll get we'll get to them later then. save the Carly <laughs> ray discourse. Um, we're here to talk about October's releases with our headliners Architects, Lamb of God, Lorna Shore and Skid Row. Special mm-hmm. guests Psychonaut, Get the shot um Aeon Anonymous.
0: Aeon Anonymous.
1: But Aeon Anon or whatever. <laughs> or right, it is Aeon Anon. <laughs> Uh, Catalyst, Obsidious, and Sleeping with Sirens. Yep. And then we've got some supports from... uh, Let's run through these. The likes of Alterbridge, Goat Horde, Dr. Acula, Fucked Up, Dark Thea Theotoxin, Furtan, Venom Incorporated, Cineri, and Invictus. It's just some other stuff I've been listening that we'll shout out. And then you're telling me Confirmed. We have a cool people time uh, with the new records from Taylor Swift and Carly Ray Jepsen. That cool correct?
0: people time, pop, smackdown. Yeah, man. I don't 1v1. know why I'm pitting them against
1: each other. Like, you know, <laughs> they could be friends. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I've had Lamb of God sitting there as the the top headliner since since we put this together. But I've bumped Architects up because I think you're you're the bigger fan of them, and also it seems like they're the more noteworthy release at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we kick things off with Architects and the classic symptoms of a broken spirit? I think you have to whisper it because there's no capitals. It's little, little title. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why don't you kick us off, Josh? What you uh, think well, we already reviewed
1: an Architects album this year, yeah. So we, we did, did. The, the live. What was the last one called? I
0: don't know.
1: <laughs> you're the one who likes it. <laughs>
0: it's got long name. a long name. Not For those uh, that, for wish, those to that wish to exist. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. We reviewed the live version of that. So, you know, we sort of
0: gave our backgrounds and where we're sitting. Yeah. And you thought it that was hand. pretty good. I thought it was amazing, if I recall correctly. Yes.
1: But I think we both said that, you know, it was a bit inconsistent. There was room for it to be sort of honed in and sort of refined a bit. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, I was pretty enamored with no,
1: it. Yeah, no, you're you're into it? Okay. I said.
0: It was the. Like the actual album, I had my greatest. Yes, with. I'm talking about the actual album. Right, right, yeah. But the live album, I really loved.
1: Even the bits like it's good. It's got some good stuff on it. It's 15 tracks long, and it's sort of you know they're they're trying things rather than it being a cohesive sort of mm. thing. And I think they've they've come back with this album with a very cohesive, concise, directed record. And I, I genuinely don't know how I feel about it. Right. I've been on I've been on a bit of a journey with this one. Um, not not a particularly long or far journey. Um, but when I first. Listen to it, I was pretty underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I think pretty underwhelmed by all the singles going into it and things. I think we were both a bit iffy about- I was underwhelmed we on the singles, yep. Um, mostly because they just sounded really thin, like the production on them. And I don't know if this is just a single versus album mix, or I'm listening to it on different, you know, from my library with all the equalization on it, rather than off YouTube or Spotify or whatever. But I think the singles pop way more on the album, um, which I'll get into a bit more later. So the actual- the sound of some of it's all right. But I, I just found it really sort of flat mm-hmm. um, and repetitive. Like it's it's one idea rather than the too many. And and I was like, oh, okay. Is this, we're just doing animals 10 times. Is that the idea? And I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. I went back to it and I, I didn't think it was very good. And I went back to it and I still didn't think it was very good. But I kept going back to it. So I tried to do the thing and I and I rearranged it. And I, I've got it working better and I'll get into some of my thoughts once we've had your thing, and thing. But I found that I could get the first half of it to work and I could never get the second have to work. Right to the point where I really like like the, the five or six tracks that I've, I've stuck at the front. But that has left me thinking that it's not a sequencing issue, just this, only half the songs on this album are any good. Or <laughs> if they're all good, half of them are redundant because there's literally songs where you're like, that is a not as good version of that song. Um, so that's where I'm at with it, where I like it, but I'm reserved and I think it could be cleaned up a bit. Um, I have a feeling you might be a bit more positive about this than, than I am. So why don't you tell us how you're feeling about the classic symptoms of, of Broken
0: Spirit? So I was also underwhelmed by the singles then the album comes and i agree it's cohesive it's got its identity they're going for the more you know stripped back just simple groovy Mm -hmm. alt metal type vibe Mm -hmm. um and i think it's fair to say in general the record's been pretty polarizing Mm -hmm. among the the fan base and i can kind of see both sides of the the debate there so On the one hand, I do enjoy the album a lot. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I think the the riffs are easy to headbang to, the vocal hooks are there, Um, really catchy, great melodies um but in saying that i don't think it's a particularly good album mm. i enjoy it while i'm listening to it um but it is quite samey okay. um like each individual song i enjoy but when you're working with such a stripped down template with simple riffs and verse chorus verse chorus there's only so many times you can do that before it starts feeling repetitive mm. um and so i think the the band's competitive advantage is in their previous sound I think there's a lot of bands out there that do this sound quite well, mm-hmm. um, and so I think this is one of those records where when it's on, I'll be like, "Fuck yeah, this is great," and then I just won't put it on.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm surprised by how measured you are about that because I was I was fully expecting you to come in and just go, "This is an album full of animals," but with the Lincoln Park aspects cranked up, and you <laughs> just feel like, "What? Come on, like it's it's Carlo." Um, <laughs> but you're right, it is because like how many songs are there? One, two. I think there's like ten or twelve. 11 songs 11 songs and I think 8 or 9 of them are that animals template yep so you're right it's like okay this is good but it's a good song it's not a good album the other thing is none of them are as good as animals correct like that's the I think this is a more consistent and focused album than for those who wish this agreed but it doesn't get anywhere near the heights there's nothing on here as an embarrassingly trash as Dead Butterflies but <laughs> there's nothing anywhere that's near song, the heights the of what, what are the songs for me the one with the dude from Biffy Clyro Goliath yep um, the one with the guy from Royal Blood and I think the, I really like the first song the first two songs as well like there's nothing on here that gets I think even within the same like tier level of quality as those songs um, agreed and it does sort of just fall into that mid-paced like mm-hmm. it's not even just that it's flat it's that it's sort of there's no energy to it there's no drive I
0: don't know if I'd say that there's no energy to it I think it's energetic but it's just the same energy all the time
1: yeah maybe Um, because when when I have like just and I'm not going to call it rearrange when I've just stacked all 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 the songs I like at the front. (laughs) Right, the the ones I've I've gone first. The be very afraid, which this is the last song, which is the heaviest, fastest, most aggressive song on the album, and sort of shockingly so to the point where I was like, I was sitting in my office listening to it the first time I listened to it, and I stepped out of the room for something. I was like, okay, I get it. I stepped out of the room and I heard like from just the drums going off in the, and I was like, (laughs) wait, hang on. And I ran back in and I was like, oh, is that is that sort of it though? Like it's sort of got that fast start, and then it's like, and it's kind of the animals thing. Um, and I think there's something to it as much as. I said the, the tones were better than the um the, the singles or that seemed to be like the actual production is more powerful the guitar tone itself I think is a major problem with this album because they're mm. going for that electronic thing and it does sound like the guitars are like I don't know if compressed is the right word but it doesn't sound like an amp it sounds like a buzz or something which is fine if you're going for that but it just doesn't have like a the crunch punch. to it a lot of the time yeah. and even in um when we were young which has got a like that is a leftover as riff just doing the kind of Metallica stop the it's got Sylosis written all over it but it just doesn't hit as hard as solosis, hmm. and I need to just let that go but it does bug me like I don't want to be well this guy they've got the guy from solosis in them so they should sound like solosis. that's not what I'm saying like I don't really think about it but when I hear how weak these guitar tones are sometimes and then I remember that the guy from solosis is playing it I'm like oh fuck man um, <laughs> the other thing with the tone is I went back and I listened to um, uh, was a Lost Together Lost Forever which I, th- I think that's their best that's album.
0: their peak yep
1: and the tones on that Carlo like comparing the two, like it's insane how hard and just apocalyptic that album sounds mm-hmm. compared to this. So they've got it in them, and that's been like noticeably sanded off. Anyway, three tangents ago, I was saying the um the songs I sang at the start were Be Very Afraid, A New Moral Low Ground, which I think is is really good, and that's one of the faster, more catchier ones. Uh Living Is Killing Us, which I think is maybe the best of the straight up animals ripoffs. Uh when we When We Were Young, which I think works really well for the verse riff, where it's got like the stompy metallica riff, yep. sort of like a back kid hardcore swing to it what i really don't think works about that song is the the chorus it just sort of comes out of nowhere and just oh now we're doing the big chorus and i find that happens a lot Mm. throughout the album where the transitions aren't smooth and they just sort of break neck from one style because is it which one is it deep fake or tear gas that sounds like um lincoln park playing ramstein or whatever
0: i mean they're both they're both kind of that vibe aren't they
1: i think it might be tear gas where it's it's sounds it's the riff from ramstein's son and the verse melody from nine inch nails perfect drug and then the chorus is where he gets his chest on like real hard, and it's all right. But it's just like you're mashing those three things together, and it's just like we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. I don't know. Um, that is to say, th- those four songs are probably my favourites on the album, and they are the four fastest, most exciting songs on there. And the rest is sort of disposable mid-paced stuff. Like they're a big deal now, right? It's yeah. sort of it's them. I mean, obviously, bringing Me the eyes and they're headlining the the good things thing, and now they've been announced as download headliners. But they're sort of the bubbling below that, the sub headliners that are you'd tip to be headliners one day. The three at the moment, I think, it goes. Parkway drive and architects, they're the ones. How do you think this is gonna like serve them? Because this is clearly an album written to hone in on that more stadium rock anthemic sort of vibe.
0: I think it fits the bill. Um they're not they don't have to perform it in full, so they'll just pick <laughs> the the three or four that go hardest. But the in last album wasn't and, any good and they performed it in full. Yeah, but then that was with an orchestra and it was amazing, right? So...
1: <laughs> so maybe this needs needs more what did you I was gonna say needs more cowbell, but what was the thing you were you were saying really came through on the um the it was the bomb. it was
0: the bells, yeah. Yeah, the bells. The, the bell chick not, not nailing bells. it. it
1: something it definitely needs more like diversity. Like I think they needed to rein in the experimentation from um, those that wish to exist. But like I liked that they were trying. I liked that they went for it. Mm. Um, whereas this this feels like a very safe album. So I don't know. I don't know. It seems like they're they're getting a pretty tepid response. But also we'll see how it plays into just like translating to mass audiences. Who so yeah. All right,
0: let's move on then.
1: All right, the other big release then. Um, from from a bigger band. I mean, if we were talking about headliners and things, Lamb of God are headlining Bloodstock.
0: They're also... But well, you were building sort of up for Skid Row, but carry well, on. We'll, we'll get to them.
1: No, well, that's the <laughs> thing. Lamb of God, right? They're, they're sort of a huge band that I don't really feel like a huge band. Like, it does feel like this album sort of come, and I'd say gone, without much fanfare or even really, even much of a response. Mm. Um, and weirdly, my experience with it has been much the same, despite the fact that I think this is a really good album. We are, of course, talking about...
0: The end so far. No, we're not, aren't we? A slipknot. Ah oh, fuck. My bad. <laughs> I didn't so update it from, I didn't I didn't update it from uh Armands. That's what's not
1: Romans <laughs> by Lamb of God. Um, okay. And we, we bumped um, we bumped Architects up because they're sort of a more exciting prospect at the moment. And also, I know you're a bigger fan. I sort of just assume that you love Lamb of God because, like, why wouldn't you? But also, they're like a crunchy thrash metal band. They're far more my thing than yours. And I realized, like, I don't really know how you feel about Lamb of God. Are you much of a Lamb of God fan, Carlo? Uh,
0: I don't listen to them much, but right. I do enjoy them quite a bit. Okay. Um, like, I used to listen to them a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of Ashes of the Wake, Sacrament were, you know, got a lot of rotation. I really love both of those albums. I thought uh, Storm und Drang mm-hmm. was sick when that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everything else, there's like a song here or there that might be good, and the rest of the album is solid, and that's about it. That's so did you
1: listen background. to the the last album, the self-titled album from uh, 2020, which was also the first with their, their new drummer, which is yep. Art Cruz is his name, I think?
0: Yep, I did that... listen to that. And what did and you make was, of that one? I thought it was fine. It, probably a bit disappointing. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as the the album before, so
1: yeah. Right. And that seemed to have been the the general response to that album uh, from everyone except for me, because I really liked that album. I don't think it's one of their best, but I think it was way better than people were giving it credit for. Like At that point, there was a lot of discourse about, oh, this is just another Lamb of God album. And I'm like, it is, but it's a very good Lamb of God album that is much better than the last few they've put out, I think, um, and their weird EP they were doing with the clean scene and stuff that just wasn't working. And I think I think I wrote a review for it and I said this is Lamb of God just like sticking to the thing that Lamb of God do and just doing it better than everyone else Um, now albeit that is with I said you gotta cut the you gotta cut the album in half and listen to the second half before the first half that's the deal start at Resurrection Man and go through but yeah I thought it was really good and I've gone back to it a bunch and and really enjoyed it and I do think like it has a certain character to it like it's a bit more stompy it's a bit more not not quite as wild um, and technical as Mm -hmm. Lamb of God albums normally go for it was a bit more just straightforward riff driven stuff stomping metal. And I think that really worked for it and worked for them as they were um, I guess, aging. And we have omens, and I think they've gone back to more of that um technical, fast, aggressive. Like, yeah, I think this is a noticeably more aggro album than um a self-titled, which felt very comfortable in its in its stomp. Whereas this here, this one's like coming for the throat a lot of the time mm-hmm. and lashing out a lot. And I think objectively this is a better album than the last album. But I don't enjoy it as much. And I don't know why. How are how are you right. feeling about omens?
0: I flip and flop between, oh, yeah, this is more Lamb of God. Mm -hmm. This is fine. It's them doing what they do. And fuck, yeah, it's more Lamb of God. This fucking rips. (laughs) Right, uh, and it really depends on my mood which side of that coin I land on
1: so when um, when the singles got released for this one there was there was a bit of trepidation as well because I think they put out Omens which is of course the title track and I think it's it's always Jordan I always quote Jordan on this podcast and then I'm like oh it was actually Jimmy but I think this was Jordan and he was just like this, <laughs> this chorus is embarrassing it just sounds like a first draft like Omens oh it's the Omens look out Omens and I definitely hear that I, I think Omens is the weakest track on this album um, I thought it was okay I was higher on it than that but I was like yeah it sort of sounds like Lamb of God, but not as good. And then we got an advanced thing and I listened to it. And I was just like, there are so many songs on here that if they'd released that as the lead single, people would be losing their fucking minds. Mm -hmm. Um, The two in particular, I think are are Vanishing, which is just a great killer thrash song. That's track two. And um, Ditch, which I think is the best song on the album that they finally got around to releasing as a single, but like after the album came out and five singles deep.
0: Ditch and, is my favourite Yeah, far. yeah. It's right. so fucking good.
1: So imagine if they released Ditch as the lead single, rather than, rather than Omen's. And that's sort of... I was formulating a review in my head that I never got around to writing. But my, my like, thesis statement for this review is, Lamb of God don't know what a good Lamb of God sounds like, song sounds like anymore. They write them, <laughs> but they don't promote them. Because I think that's the same for the, the self-titled album. Because they put out Memento Mori and Checkmate, which is like the seventh time they've written Ghost Walking, which is the third time they've written Redneck or whatever. Like, I don't think a band's most popular song has ever done as much damage. Damage to them as maybe Redneck has done to Lamb of God. (laughs) So I think it's not a particularly great song. It's a good riff at the start, but the song itself, not awesome. And they've just, that's become their trademark song. And they've been trying to recapture it for every album up until this one, I think, in between those two. Um, Here, I'm very thankful that there's not another Memento Moria Ghostwalking. But yeah, it just seemed like they were burying the lead on this album of like how much great stuff is here. So yeah, you said Ditch is, we're in agreement. That's the best song on the album. Yep. Um, Well,
0: what else stood out to you? That's the only one that I. Right oh, okay. right
1: down. So
0: <laughs> um I'm just looking There were more the- though. Yeah, there, there are right. bangers on here. Um I just can't remember their names.
1: Yeah, I'm looking for the track list now. Like Nevermore is a really solid opener. Um vanishing is another standout for me. Ditch is great. Gamora is really cool, just has a huge, like, one of the heaviest sort of beatdowns that they've done since the days of, um, I was going to call it Laid to Rest, where Ashes of the Wake and, and Sacrament, um, Grace Scale's really cool September song at the end is really cool as well. They've, they've never gone quite as far as they did with, like, King Me, uh, which is where they went for the big symphonic, like, epic song, but there's, like, mm. touches of that in this song um, where it's got that sort of, not progressive, but sort of epic feel to it while still being just this five-minute rager um, but I do think if like, maybe they put that earlier, not just like in terms of, oh, I'm going to rearrange the track list again, but just like, rather than that being the last song at the end, like feature that, put that up front and go, this is what we're about rather than the four or five standard, you know, mm-hmm. of God songs. Um, so I think this album's really good and there's some great stuff on there, but the album as a whole is not catching me. And I, and again, I wonder if that's like, if it's just me, like you're saying, you got to be in the mood for it. Like, am I having the same reaction to this as I, as I did to Machine Head? Like, why don't I like that new Machine Head album, apart from all the weird shit around it, just like the refs speak for themselves. I, I should love it. The same goes for this. And like, maybe I'm just I'm not in the mood for it. But for so long, this has been my favorite sound.
0: Mm. Well, time will tell, I guess. Do you like this more or
1: less than the Architects album?
0: I will probably choose to listen to this over the Architects album. Yep.
1: Yeah, I think this is a better album. I definitely remember more of the Architects one.
0: Yeah, agreed. But it, I mean, it, it's more melodic. So you'd you'd expect to remember well, more the cor- of it. But I remember the choruses off late to
1: rest and everything. Like I'm looking, the riffs hit and they're good and they're great. I remember omens, I remember the chorus to omens, and I remember the chorus to Ditch and that's sort of it whereas I remember you look at the song title you look at the track listing from um, Ashes of the Wake and every single one I can be like oh yeah that's the bit where he goes now you've got something to die for he's gonna start doing that again <laughs> um yes yeah, so that is that is Omens by Lamagard an album that should be on my end of year list but won't be but then I'll come back to it in like three or four years and be like fuck me
0: it was actually good it
1: was do you want to go to Skid Row next since you set him up or should we do Lorna Shaw first
0: we can go for Skid Row and the gang's all here the it's to Skid Row. Gangs all here.
1: Um, yeah, weirdly another sort of big release of of the month. Like I had it in the in the special guest, just to be like, hey, we're doing the hair metal thing. There's Skid Row. Let's talk about it. Um, and I've bumped up to headliners, not only because there's not only there's not really that many big releases out this month, but also like this has genuinely been a big release in the world of rock music uh, for this year. I don't, maybe it's just me and the the things I look at and associate with. But even if I wasn't the hair metal guy or whatever, like I feel like I've seen this album everywhere for like six months. Um, Is that just me? Have you come across this outside of my influence at all?
0: I have not seen a single mention of okay, this. Okay,
1: right. Um, it's been the, the PR people have been pushing this hard, both in like the, the blog um inbox and my own personal one. And I've seen a lot of like advertising for it around... And, and stories on websites and stuff. Because the thing about Skid Row is they're like, they're not relevant, but they've, they've had some kind of continued presence, which right. is very strange. Because do you know anything about Skid Row?
0: They had Sebastian Bach.
1: Uh-huh. That's right. all I got. But the fact that you know that is fucking weird, right? <laughs> um, A, because you're you. But like, what has Sebastian Bach done to make him so memorable?
0: Some reality show.
1: Right. He was on a reality show, was he?
0: On MTV back in the day. You're not thinking of the poison one? No, no. He had
1: his... I didn't know Sebastian was... Bach had a, had a reality show. Show.
0: He was definitely on some TV show, and I'm he just spreading. kept banging on about Skid Row now and then. So,
1: oh, okay. So I missed all of this, but this like genuinely fills in like again. Apparently he was on Supergroup from two mm-hmm. It's like an American Idol ripoff thing.
0: The one I'm thinking of, I, I feel like it was just his everyday life kind of thing. Um, I think you're thinking of the guy from Poison. No, no, definitely not Poison. <laughs> not, I know I know, Marcus, had, one, that, no, no, I know he had one or something. Yeah, I know he
1: had that. Um, it's saying he was okay, so apparently he's he's acted on Broadway. This is just according to Wikipedia. Has acted on Broadway. I don't know when that was or what it was in. And he was in the Gilmore Girls. Doesn't say anything about a reality show.
0: Man, Maybe it was like a one-off thing rather than a show thing.
1: Okay, so that that now doesn't answer it, but okay, he's been
0: on TV a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, that's sort of weird because like I like Skid Row a lot. The the early the first two Skid Row albums, which are the only ones worth really liking, that are very good. But it is weird because they're not they're not one of the big guys. They're not Def Leppard or or even Poison, right? They're like in quality a plus if we're talking Slave to the Grind. But in terms of popular presence, they're like almost a C tier hair metal band. But they they seem to have a lot more cultural cachet now even than they did then. And the thing is they I have one good album and it's a very good album. So I have to say, Slave to the Grind from 1991 is is an absolute classic and it has it's like a heavier, so have you have you ever listened to Skid Row outside of this album? Nope. Right, so heads up, this is a very different sounding Skid Row album because apart from just the singer is different, Skid Row are a heavier hair metal band, or were. Um, Slave to the Grind is, I think it came out the same year as Pantera's Cowboys from Hell and has that same kind of like gritty guitar tone to it. Um, and then the follow Album was like a full stompy, like Pantera leaning album, like groove metal sort of thing. Right. Um. So sort of yeah, darker, nastier, heavier hair metal. The other thing about Skid Row is, amidst all of that, have the best power ballads color. There are three power ballads on Slave to the Grind and they are the three best power ballads um, ever Quicksand Jesus is the best power ballad of all time and you can take that to the bank um, they're the three best power ballads the fourth best power ballad is um, I Remember You from self-titled Skid Row Elm and to round out the top five I'm going to throw it to my boy uh, Brian Adams with Heaven which is a power ballad um, anyway this made me to go off on a rant because I discovered I was like hey Skid Row I could write about power ballads or something and I looked up the word the Heavy Blog about a month before I joined Heavy Blog they did a best of power ballads post not a single one of them not a did, single Skid, Row, by yeah. Skid Row. <laughs> the fools <laughs> anyway um, so I got a, love for, a lot of love for Skid Row and then Sebastian Bach he hasn't been in the band for fucking 30 years at this point or 25 or something and they, they had some other guy who and they released a couple albums that were just atrocious like bottom barrel albums that no one knew existed right so I don't know why anyone knows this album exists when the, the pull is that they've got the guy from Heat which that's a big deal for me but I don't know why that's notable to anybody else but anyway they got they got Eric Cromwell from Heat. He's in the band. We talked about all of that. The guy. The other episode. The guy. Eric the Gromwell. trainer. The heretic. Yes. Yes. The, um, but as I mentioned in the in the Heat thing, uh, when I was tr- describing Eric Cromwell's period stint with Heat, I said the albums he did with them sound like the Backstreet Boys meets Bon Jovi, which is a very different sound from everything I've I've been describing about Skid Row so far. And I think he sounds very Bon Jovi esque on on this this new Skid Row album. And also to Skid Row, they stayed relevant in the '80s by having a feud with Bon Jovi. So maybe he just picks fights with people. But they got a they got a guy that sounds like their rival. He's Swedish. The cover is them with their backs to the thing, all wearing denim jackets with the American flag on the back of them. He's Swedish. And the album is called The Gangs All Here. That gang's not there, Carlo. <laughs> Sebastian Bach's not in the band and neither is anybody else. And I don't know why people still want Sebastian Bach to be in the band, but because his solo stuff's trash as well. But they do, like, I don't know, Sebastian Bach... Re- Maybe that's why. So that they don't like have
0: to listen deal. to his solo work anymore.
1: <laughs> Either way, there's been a lot of hype around this album and it has got good reviews and, and has been a pretty massive success. I think it went, like, number one a bunch of places and and on rock charts at least. And things like this has been a huge, success for them, and critically, like, not, not acclaimed, but well-received. And Carlo in the year of the Hair Metal Revival revival, and all these great albums I've been bringing in. This does not rate, right? How are you feeling about The Gang's All Here by Skid Row after my seven-year lead-up?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's Hair Metal, all right. Is it? Um, Yeah, it most certainly is. Mm, and Debatable. And this is way, way less bad than I was expecting mm. from what I'd assumed to be a washed-out 80s band. And I would say that this is on par with most of the other hair metal records you've subjected me to. You are fucking
1: kidding. You are absolutely kidding me, Carlo. <laughs> if you think this is anywhere close to the quality Girish and his Chronicles were pumping out.
0: Uh, give me this over Girish any day. That's any insane. Day.
1: That is absolutely insane.
0: Now, I will say that <laughs> it is no Crash Diet, so Crash Diet is still Heaven's Shoulders, the best hair metal album I've listened to. Um, and while I will probably never choose to listen to this album again, I would view it as a good hair metal album, and that if people liked that genre, they would like this.
1: Okay, so this has some kind of appeal, and I perhaps submit to you then if you're if you're feeling it, and it does seem to be getting the, the popular response. Now oh, fuck, you think this is better than
0: heat? I would I think it's on par. No. Okay, okay.
1: Um perhaps some of its appeal then is you're saying this is a hair metal album? No, it isn't. It's a mildly fuzzy rock record. Like this this album does not I mean, go hard.
0: Neither does hair metal.
1: Oh god, you need to go back and listen to Girish. <laughs> go, go now, go listen. Listen, listen to "Primeval Desire" by Girish in the Chronicles. That's nuts. We were we were comparing the um, Crash Tide album to Metallica and things, and saying it had like stompy thrash breaks and things. The, and
0: that's why it's good.
1: Yeah, and the Heat one. Back to the rhythm of fire. <laughs> listen to the riff on "Harder to Breathe" off that last Heat album. Um, saying is, um,
0: the name, saying the track names with Gusto Yeah, doesn't. But, doesn't no, but you're you're meant to
1: then go listen to the. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> but we don't have time for that right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm stunned because this has got some catchy like there's some catchy choruses on this, but I don't think it it goes very hard. I don't think the song's very good. I don't think it sounds good. I think the production on this is extremely thin. I think the mixing on the vocals is fucking weird. Eric Gromwell's vocals, which might be the best thing about the album, but I don't think they fit. Um, they're they're way too clean sounding for sort of the the grittier hair metal vibe that some of the guitars and stuff are going for, if not achieving. And, and there's just a weird mix where he is louder than everything else. So therefore, like, I find the music on this very muted. Like, the drums sound very hollow. They have no impact, um, even less than the, the new Architects album. And, like, I've, I don't know which song it is, but I've got one of my notes says this sounds like doo-wop. When the lights come on, sounds like embarrassing doo-wop. Um, so, yeah. It's called The Gang's All Here and they're not there. I can't get past that. <laughs> that's audacious. He could call their album the gang's all here. Do you like this album?
0: I mean, I, I didn't say I like it. You like it more than gearish. gearish. I, I dislike it less than gearish. That's that's nuts. That is, that is fucking nuts. I can't even, I'm genuinely
1: stunned. I don't know how to process this information. Wow, okay.
0: That's, you need that's a the, moment, Josh. I think you need a moment, Carly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right i mean i'd say go listen to slave to the grind then but like you'd probably think it sucks Wild <laughs> <laughs> "Slave to the grind sounds like pantera all right uh, let's move on then to another sort of bumped up to headliners by default band i guess <laughs> we are talking about lorna shaw and they're weirdly like you always get these press things and they, they say the highly anticipated album from some band that you've never heard of from fucking wherever that's the, their debut ep or some shit but weirdly this this lorna shaw album which i'm i stalling why I try and bring out the name of it. Ain't Pain remains. remains pain remains like this is this is genuinely a highly anticipated album not just within metal circles but weirdly uh the mainstream because they seem to have got like some notable crossover um with with the release of their 2021 EP and I return to nothing nothingness uh which of course had the song where he like did the thing did the thing um so yes weirdly that not only like that came out and all the deathcore guys went hey this is sick and then weirdly everybody else went hey this is sick um, so we're going into a an extremely heavy, brutal, symphonic, blackened deathcore album that has some kind of mainstream crossover appeal and anticipation. But before we get to that, were you aware of Shaw before um, uh, And I Return to Nothingness came no. out? Right. Did you pay much attention to that EP when it did come out?
0: I listened to the song where he did the thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And I listened to and watched some people react to him doing it. <laughs> And that's about it. Right.
1: Um, Weirdly, I have a long and sordid history with Lorna Shaw. Because I, way back in the day, when I was writing for other websites, I reviewed their very first bunch of EPs. Uh, which we're back in, I think the earliest one's 2010. I think I reviewed their 2014 album. So they've been around for a while. And um, I said, this is a deathcore band. They've clearly got some good chops, but there's nothing original about them. It's just straightforward deathcore. And then weirdly, I've, I've reviewed, I reviewed their de- debut album, which I thought I gave a one out of 10 score. Turns out I gave it a two out of 10. I went looking and dug up the review. Two out of 10. So that's one star, a one star review. And I just went like, this is trash. It's generic. It's repetitive. It's the same riff over and over again. And then they stop and just, just all the energy is sucked out because they just do a big quarter time breakdown. And it's the same breakdown every time and, and it's just boring and dull. And then they put out an album in 2017 called Flesh Coffin that had a much more blackened vibe to it. And this is where I think the symphonics come in a bit. Like I think Cradle of Filth was a big touchstone for this record. And I thought that album was really fucking good. Um, and then they had an album called Immortal, which I was looking forward to because I liked Flesh Coffin so much. And Immortal, they took the symphonics and they cranked them up to like 15, just everything, all symphonics all the time. and. I thought it was really just monotonous and, and bland. So I, I gave up. Then it turned out their their uh, singer was, was a sex pest. So they gave him the flick. And then they got this new guy, which seems to have worked out pretty well for them. Will Ramos from some band no one had ever heard of. And he's the guy that does the thing. Which the, the thing, do you want to describe the thing? What's the thing?
0: Very high screams and very low screams. He croaks like Gollum and then he pukes and snorts like a pig. That's that's the
1: thing, Yeah. <laughs> And, and yeah of course okay so then they put out the, the three song EP and I returned which I thought was really fucking good I think people were overreacting a little bit um, quite, quite a big bit really but on the whole thought that was pretty sick and in terms of like is this the most brutal nastiest death course shit you've ever heard yeah yeah it was Um, so I hotly tipped then going into Pain Remains and let's keep in mind that and I returned to nothingness was three tracks Pain Remains is a 10 track album with a 20 minute three part suite at the end so we're expecting sort of big grandiosity things from this now so at this point uh, Carlo and I did an impression of tech death noodling uh, that is suddenly cut off by a big slow stomping breakdown with a cymbal crash and a sub drop on uh, the third beat and then a big puking sound that the uh, zoom impression <laughs> completely um, erased <laughs> uh, in trying to keep the the volume limits down. I'm not going to do the impression again because it, it wasn't very good anyway, um, but that is what we are referring to when we come back in now. We loop that for about, what, 50 minutes? No, I think this album's longer than an hour. <laughs> And you've got Pain Remains, yeah? This is an incredibly bland album, yeah? Yeah okay cool like this is they do the thing but they do it ten times instead of three I think ten times is too many
0: yeah the it's um like his range is very impressive but it's become a bit of a meme and I can't Mm. take it seriously anymore and so now the whole thing just seems a bit gimmicky and the the music doesn't doesn't really capture the attention
1: all right I did that long preamble but I did that to sort of point out that this album has a lot in common with the two Lawnish albums that I did not like in that the symphonics are just so Like oppressive. Mm. They don't really add anything to the music so much as smother it. It's just all symphonics all the time, and then just whatever momentum it gets going. Because I throw it on the first song, which is "Welcome Back, O Dreamer," starts off like really strong, Mm. and it picks up with some pace and really goes in with the um, like some momentum, some almost like mellow death sort of momentum. And then they just they do the thing straight away. We're like a minute in, and all right, quarter time breakdown, and it's the same timing, it's the same delayed stare on the third count every time. And there's some alright shit on here. but I was like, I was listening to it and I was like, okay, I'm kind of ready for this to end. I checked the track list. We were a soulless existence, which was track five. <laughs> Halfway through the album, I was, I was fucking done with it. And we're hanging out for, was it? Pain Remains is the three part, the three songs at the end, which are all like six minutes long. And then it's Pain Remains one, two, three, and then we were all these pretentious titles. And these songs sound exactly the same as every other song on the air on the record. I don't know why they're a three-part suite and the rest of it isn't just a ten part suite. I don't know why this isn't sunny to part seven or something. Like it's it's genuinely difficult to tell these songs apart. Agreed. Did anything about this stand out to you?
0: No. Like it's it's fine. At best it's fine. I
1: don't think I don't think it's fine. I think it's I think it's pretty Uninspired is is too harsh because I think they they're obviously trying to go for something. Like so the problem is they've gone too hard. But if it's not an uninspired, album, it's an uninspiring album.
0: Yep, that's fair. Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, pretty, what sort of seemed like it was going to be a real noteworthy, big metal talking point of the year seems to have, yeah, not, not to live it. I don't think we're going to be hearing about Lorna Shaw for their next release, because I don't think this is enough to impress. sustain
0: the, the hype machine, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, enough to impress the the like metal fans, and I don't think the gimmick is enough to keep them going. Agreed. I don't think the yeah the people who were shocked by, what's, what's the song where they do the thing? To the Hellfire. I don't think the people who were shocked by To the Hellfire I need ten to the Hellfires. I think they're good with with one. Um, so you're yeah, a bit of a nothing album, really. Especially when I think comparing this to like this sort of symphonic deathcore sound has been in vogue recently over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like they were riding the wave of that. If that was bubbling underground, they they were the break, breakthrough ones. And like this is a brand of sacrifice. Whatever their last album was, I think that's still sort of the best one in this style um, that actually does have. Like is as over over the top and as brutal as this, but does have dynamics and variation and, and scope and memorability and things. And the other one that I immediately go to is the um, uh, Shadow of Intent record from the start of this year. Just doing the sound and taking it in genuinely interesting and, and varied directions. So yeah, I, I just don't think this album stacks up at all, and then I'm kind of disappointed by it really.
0: Well, speaking of uh, nothing albums, let's head Ooh. to special guests and get the shot. merciless Destruction. Hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Are you, are you being serious? I am not being serious. Okay. No, I can't tell what's real after
1: you like that Skin Row album, Carlo.
0: Yeah, fuck. All right. I was
1: I was gonna do um 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 Psychonaut first, but fuck it. Ah, uh, yeah, get the shot. This album fucking rules. It's yes,
0: pretty good. Yeah.
1: This is get the shot. Yeah, merciless destruction. You said um, we familiar with get the shot before this? Nope, never We've heard
0: been of been them. Been
1: around for a while. They're a Canadian crossover hardcore band. Um, I really liked their last album, um, which was called Infinite Punishment from 2017 which was a lot thrashier uh, than this one Um, just like killer thrash riffs big chunky huge breakdowns um that album ruled i have been sort of wondering like hey where's where's get the shot when are we getting a new get the shot album and they fucking come out with this color which is everything i loved about that album plus death metal um plus burn my eyes because they they dropped um what is it survival denied i think is the one the first one they dropped um oh which just goes so fucking hard but you listen to it; it's literally the start of davidian not the like the intro but the the verse riff from davidian where it kicks in and it goes like the main riff to davidian is the main riff to this song, and they even do the stop, and then he stops and he goes oh, into it, and they just play it a little bit slower. It's, it's so good, <laughs> it's so so good. Um, and if we were complaining about the, the Lord of Shore record, this is this is 11 songs of that. Um, there's no real variation on this record except they do do a slow ballad song at the end, but mm-hmm. oh, I fucking love this. It's just every time it never gets old. Um, yeah, how do you feel about it before I keep going off?
0: Well, I think you're allowed to do the same thing when your album is in the 30 like less than 40 minutes long. If right. it's in the thirties, then I'm okay with you doing the thing over and over. Um, especially when the thing is this fucking good, because it's so it goes so hard and it just beats you into a pulp. Bangers from front to back. This would be incredible to see live. Um, oh yeah, I'm so just kidding. like the the grooves are huge. It's aggressive as fuck. Um, just doesn't let up. Yeah, really good.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's 38 minutes long. But there's also just like the quality. Every song on this album is as good as Survival Denied. And this sort of goes to show why the other albums we've talked about out, when we go, oh, they're good, but there's just, they're not that good. Like this is the same thing as the Architects album where it's the same thing all the way through but just this is this has just got the energy and the drive to it it doesn't feel redundant it always feels vital even the Lamb of God album like part of the reason I'm not as enamored with that Lamb of God album as I should be is why would I listen to that when I could listen to this yeah. as hard as that Lamb of God album goes this album just goes so much harder yeah. and for all the posturing and, and everything of Lorna Shore, they look like I don't know like little fucking hamsters next to this shit it's
0: completely
1: ridiculous and cartoony but like, like it just works. I don't know. There's just such an energy to this. And it sounds like the more things change, but meaner. Um yeah, I fucking love this. And I love the they've just got the best um mosh calls. Like every mosh call on this album has me like in stitches. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want this just die, motherfucker, die. <laughs> and it rolls, it just stops and goes, die, motherfucker, die. And then it's the heaviest thing. <sighs> and I love it. Yeah. I don't think this is the best album of the year. It's one of them. I don't think it's the best one. But the only album that I have like viscerally enjoyed more than this album, oh yeah, is Electric Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only one that makes my body feel more than this.
0: The only one that gets your spaghetti ready. Yeah, this one just gets my spaghetti
1: ready and then throws it on the ground, smushes my face in it, and stomps my head into the spaghetti and <laughs> folds me up into a bowl and dunks me like the monster in space jam or some shit um this is the deathbound which is the other song they released early like i think i was all about survival deny but i think i'm about deathbound now because that uh, that song just keeps going you think it's the big heavy ending riff and they do another mosh call and a bigger riff it's so sick (laughs) Um, and yeah, if we want to do an actual evaluation, um, there's more death metal on this album. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing I think it does is like the obituary death metal trend that's going on with like crossover hardcore at the moment. This also puts all of them to shame. No one doing that. We're, we're going to do hardcore, but we're extreme now. They're not even close to how nasty and brutal this sounds. Um, yeah, I love this, and I'm very satisfied by by the uh, by the wait because I was hanging out for this one, and it it delivered. <laughs> Speaking of albums we're hanging out for, I know you were really looking forward to the new uh, Psychonaut album.
0: I was, yeah. Violate Consensus Reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little late to the Psychonaut train. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they reissued their previous record, Unfold the Godman. And so when the reissue came out, I checked that out and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This Which it was only the like... year
1: after, right? It was that album came out in 2020 and then it got re-released in, in 2021, I think.
0: Something like that. Um, and then I was like, yeah, this is fucking sick. This is like the ocean at their peak, just okay. not the ocean. Um, and they're on record, pelagic records. Yes, yes. Um, so
1: yeah, The Ocean's was... a weird comparison point, I think. I mean, it makes sense because of Pelagic, but I've n- I'd have i never really thought about it, but it does make sense. Yeah. It that It was like kind of that, that tool-y sound. Yeah. But more spacey post-metal, I guess. Um, That's right. Um, yeah. And I I really like that album as well. It's one that I, I forget about, and then every like six months, someone reminds me it exists, and then I go, listen, and I go, oh, this is great. And I forget about it again. <laughs> um, You were looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it. Yep. Um, So I ranted about how fulfilled I was by um, Get The Shot, so I'll throw it over to you have psychonaut delivered they've
0: it's a good album i like it uh-huh. uh, i don't like it as much as unfold god man so uh i wouldn't say i'm disappointed uh like i think it's a it's an adequate follow-up um but it's it's just that it's adequate um okay so i i've only listened to it a, f- a few times i still need some more time with it mm-hmm. um but it sounds like they're doing their thing just it's more of the thing and maybe because I know what I'm expecting rather than stumbling upon something for the first time. um, Maybe it's just hitting a bit different, but there are, uh, I mean, I think in general, they're just a, a class act. They're good at what they do and they continue to do that. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I, I half agree with that. part I agree with is, this is adequate. Um, It's just sort of fine. Like, it's good. Sort of has that lemma God thing where I listen to it and I go, it's great, but it doesn't really inspire me that much. Mm. I think this sounds really different from Unfold the God Man. Um, In what way? I don't think this sounds like Tool at all. I think this is a much softer, more sullen post-metal album. Like, the thing about, let me get that Tool comparison, like, it had a real rhythmic drive to it on Unfold the God Man. It was sort of that bass-driven, sort of bouncy, like the thing Cog do, mm. and, and bands of that elk. And I don't think there's much of that here on Violet Consensus Reality. This this seems like it's pulling a lot more from the... ISIS, which there's some crossover with Tool there, but ISIS, Cold of Luna, that's sort of a vibe. I think it's much closer to that than things like Cog or even the Ocean. Um, and it, I like this a lot more than the new Cold of Luna album. I think it's a lot more varied, a lot more interesting, just better. But I find it it really dull. I I have struggled every time I've listened to to get through this album. I find it loses me. Whereas Unfold the Godman, like other the other like sort of Toolish quality when when you label about that, there's like a hypnotic sort of quality to it, mm. where it just sort of drew you in, you, you sort of stay in that rhythm for a bit, and there's just nothing about this album pulling me in. It just sort of is like a mush to me. Um, the other band that reminds me of is is Baroness. I think the vocals sound very Baroness-y. Right. Um, which is, yeah, I guess I wouldn't have said that about the, the first album. Um, so, I don't think this is a bad album, but it's not doing it for me, and, and I'm, I'm a bit disappointed by it. There's not that spark and excitement about this one as there was with the, the first one.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that's mostly fair enough. Yep. Mm.
1: But, I don't know, if you're into, like, post-metal and things like. I can't think of a post-metal album that I've heard this year that I think is better than this, but I haven't listened to many post-metal albums this year.
0: Yeah, same. Mm.
1: Okay. Let's keep things rolling then. Do we want to do our our mini Tech Death Time with um, Catalyst and what's the other one called? Uh, Yeah, let's do Catalyst.
0: A different painting for a new world. Thank you. Catalyst are a French Tech Death
1: Band. Uh, This is their second album. I wrote about their first album. Yeah. which was
0: called The Great Purpose of the Lords. Thank you. 2019. Yeah, I remember you being hyped on that album and being like, this is sick. Everyone should listen to this. Yeah. And I and was like, oh yeah, it's fine.
1: Maybe some people did because kind of like the hat thing, not on the same sort of level, but like I've seen this album getting a lot of coverage where it seems like when that first one came out, it was me going, hey, this is cool. Okay. Whereas this one I've seen, yeah, just a bunch of metal sites posting back on, hey, isn't, aren't this band good? Which is cool. And I'm not saying that's due to me or anything, but it's that same sort of group where there does seem to have been some kind of taking notice of them in between these records. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I said on the, about the first album that it's like your classic sort of death prog tech. Death metal sound just like pushed into like super proggy mm-hmm. over the top territory. And I and I think this album is more of the same. Um, but I think done done better. I think this is a noticeable step up from that that debut. So if you were you were sort of ho hum about that, but it's playing in the wheelhouse of the sounds that you like, like is this doing it more for you, Carlo?
0: Yep, it is.
1: Cool, moving on. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of joking that we're done with Catalyst, but I don't know if I have too much to say. This is all tech death all the time. Oh um, well, yeah, just I, I, I think you're go. spot
0: on that death is the main touch point. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's like the, the thrashy, progressive brand of tech death. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the prominence of the base. I like that there's a lot of acoustic guitars coming in at different times. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I'm enjoying this. The production's a little rough around the edges for my taste. That's um, true. the the mix is good though. Like the the balance of the instruments is good. It's just the sound itself um that's not quite doing it for me. But the uh, the songs are good. Um they so this is it's breaking through the fine barrier. I like it. This is a good album. Um it's just a question of is it list-worthy and if so, where.
1: I don't like what it, what it is lacking. Um, hooks. And I say this a lot, and I say a lot about tech death. but we had this discussion about revocation, where it's like, everything that's going on here is awesome, but there's just nothing to grab onto. And I don't want them to have architect-style choruses. Like, that's not what I'm going for. But there is, like, death's riff writing and songwriting. There's just, it's not a surprise to say, well, he was just better than everyone else. But, like, there is whatever it was that made him better than everyone else. It was that memorability in in the songwriting and the riff writing and things. And while that's not here, um, and I do agree that the production is is a bit rough, but I think that is a deliberate aesthetic choice. Like, I don't think this is a poorly produced album. It's like they are going for that sort of late 90s tech prog sound. Yeah. And I think this is a good comparison to make to the the Lorna Shaw record, because this is sort of just over the top, extreme, in your face, constantly. But I think there is variation. There is scope. There is like noticeable progression in the songs and songwriting. It's not repetitive. And the other thing, like you were saying, listworthiness and things like that, like, I don't know if this is quite, yeah, memorable enough to to make my list. If we're just going on, like, which albums am I impressed by the most, this might get on there. Um, but I think I'd still put Archaic as probably the best Tech Death album of the year, but I think I'd probably have this second out of the albums we have talked about so far. But yeah, I think I like this more than, than that batch of um, Tech Death albums we talked about. Maybe Origin. Origin was good, too. But I think this runs laps around the others and the the production gives it like a bit more I think I was talking about the the production of um exocrine being really clean mm-hmm. doing that. I think I, I like this aesthetic a lot more. Um so this is popping popping for me, but I do think they need to harness it a little bit and make it a little bit more memorable to truly like fulfill what they're going for. But I think they're they're pretty close. Yep, agreed. Um I forgot about AN Anonymous. We'll go back to them, but let's keep this this tech death thing rolling with uh what are they called? Obsidious? Obsidious. Which I'm glad you listened to. So I wasn't sure this was a late edition. I wasn't sure if uh, you'd got around to it, but I definitely want to know uh, what you think about this album. Cause this is the debut album by guys from Obscura. This is a bunch of dude who dudes who played on, is it a crisis and um, Deluvium era mm-hmm. Obscura. It's all the guys who aren't Hans Grossman and um, the other dude.
0: Christian and obviously not Stefan Kumara. Yeah. Not, not the, not the, the dude,
1: but all the other guys. This is, the, this is the Obscura B team. Um, which I feel bad saying that. Cause it's also the, the main dude who I should get his name, Who's the main guy? Because he's an alkaloid as well. Linus. Yeah.
0: Linus Klausanitza.
1: Yes. Uh he's he's in Alkaloid, uh with, with everyone else. And um also is in a band called
0: Are you thinking Numenorian?
1: Numenorian. that is what they're called, right?
0: No. I didn't know he was
1: in that non Euclid. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Right. So you're familiar with them?
0: Uh vaguely.
1: Okay. I don't know. Non Euclid need to be talked about the same way people talk about Alkaloid because they're fucking awesome. Uh the album Metatheosis from twenty fourteen, like is insanely amazing. And that was one of those albums where I was like, Hey guys, this is this is good. And no one seemed to care. But this is this is pre pre heavy blog days, so
0: um yeah, I think did I did I have more recent stuff? No, nah, that's that's their last release because yeah. then I think he went and did Alkaloid. Yeah, the, um, uh, the anyway. opening track. <laughs> Paranoid that. Alkaloid. Oh, alkaloid. Right. Yeah, spelt the same um, way too.
1: whatever I said that um, is a Radiohead reference, and I think that like they don't sound like Radiohead, but that makes sense. This is a bunch of prog tech guys who have been listening to RK okay Computer and went, we can do that, but make it Celtic Frost. Uh, that's what Metatheosis sounds like, and it rules. Um, so just to say, I was very interested to hear what you make of this album because I wrote it up for the the release day roundup, and mm-hmm. along with um, Obscura and um, the Alkaloid and everyone, as I also said, this sounds like them, but also get ready for it a little bit like Gods of Eden and Nabal of which is the thing I do whenever there's like clean singing you uh, know in, in a progressive death realm but I was I was sitting there typing that and I went no I'm just saying that because as soon as someone does an operatic vocal I, I say it and I was I was in the process of deleting that line from the room and I was listening to it and it started going Whoa! with this lush thing behind. I was like, no, that that sounds like Neo <laughs> Like it doesn't sound like The all the time, but there are bits about there are bits on this album that sound like Neo So I am very keen to hear what you think about it.
0: So I, I listened to this for the first time mm-hmm. yesterday right. or today, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea who these guys were. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to it and I'm like this is pretty good. It gets to the end. I was doing other stuff at the same time, so I was like that was pretty good. I'm going to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I'm not going to move on to the next thing on my list. I'm just going to re- listen to this Uh and then I was like this is sick and then he how never fucking, stopped. <laughs> how fucking good is this? And then three quarters through the second listen, I'm like, hey, you know, this sounds a lot like Obscura. Um, and then I look them up and I'm like, oh, it is Obscura. No wonder. Uh, they just got, oh, oh, I was thinking this is Obscura, but with more varied vocals. And then sure mm-hmm. enough, Obscura just with a different vocalist who can sing as well as scream. So, yeah, I like this a lot. And uh, the vocals remind me a bit of the guy from Textures. Oh, okay. Um, um, with his cleans. I get that. Um, but uh, yeah. I really like this. This is this is up there as probably my favorite tech death album mm. so far this year.
1: It's really good. Hey, yeah. Um, and like, are people talking? No, you know, say you haven't heard about it. I don't know. We're not as plugged in. Like,
0: well, I I haven't been very plugged in personally. So I've uh, the right. my I've only really been doing this thing, doing the pod. Yeah, and uh, and listening to to what you send through.
1: Mm. Um, well, no one's talking about it in the Slack, and I'm not on Facebook. But like, this is like you know you got Os- Oscar bait and things. This is like heavy block bait. Um yeah absolutely. So I don't know I mean everyone's busy off having kids but yeah I don't know. It's weird that this isn't being spoken about in the, in the same Vein. manner yeah manner as as, as alkaloid. Um, cuz I think this is at least as good as the first alkaloid album.
0: Oh I don't know if I'd go that far.
1: I, th- I think I. it's more memorable to me, I think. And I think that is because of the vocalist. Like, yeah, we, we've sort of alluded to it already, but mm. he does the grouse and everything, but he also does these big, swelling, semi-operatic, clean singing things. Like, there's, he doesn't have the same tones as Dane from Nevermore, but, like, leaning in that direction. Obviously, I've made the Neobl of comparison. And I think I made the the Gods of Eden one because, like, there's moments where different pieces come in that sort of, like, does that crazy sort of weaving thing that I sort of remember them doing um, and I think this is really cool and I had the same sort of thing with you where I listened to it I was like oh yeah this is, this is alright like the first song I was like oh, it's sort of the generic tech deck riff I went this is this is Obscura this is every Obscura riff right this is also mm-hmm. before I'd clicked it oh, this is the Obscura band but having said all that with all this stuff that sets them apart the best song on this album is track two Sense of Lust where this is the one where I stopped and I checked if it was the guys from Obscura because this is one of those um, Where the Slime Live" songs. <laughs>
0: And I was like, hang on! <laughs> it's always the best song, though. It doesn't. Every time it comes up, it's right. the best song. <laughs> this one's so good, and it's not.
1: It's not as where the slime lives. Is at the other ones, but it's definitely. It comes on. You go. Oh, this is the one. <laughs> but it sounds like where the slime lives, but played by bloodbath. Like it's got a real sort of bloodbath grind and groove right. to it. And I was like, oh, this rules. And there's a couple of moments like that where, throughout the album, like they're doing this crazy prog stuff, and they do the. I got this lush stuff, the Naevuscara sort of leaning things, and I'm like, wow, but my my favorite parts of this album is when they just stop and start stomping (laughs) because they... They just they just do it, yeah. And it just feels like they can whip out. And I was like, okay, it's time for like a heavy riff. It's going to be the best riff you've ever heard. Let's go. And they just they just throw it out. And it's not even the main riff of the song. And yeah, it's sick. Um, right. So that is Obsidious, I guess, an album that I thought you might like, and I'm glad to hear you do. Yep. Up oh, shit. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's between it and um,
0: archaic. archaic.
1: For you. Yeah, I think archaic might be. Oh, I haven't been back to it recently, but mm. from memory, it's a little more refined. But this is just so cool. Um, and everyone should listen to it. Cause yeah, it's, it's flown right under the radar. Not that really alkaloid had a big exposure outside of like heavy blog and things, but it was there was sort of some awareness like, oh the guys from Obscura are doing a thing. Whereas mm. this one just sort of showed
0: up. Yeah.
1: Um, all right, let's go back in time then to how are we saying the A band?
0: Anian, Anian. Yeah. Um, also known as Anian. That one. Speaking
1: of uh Heavy Blog Core, what was what was the album everyone lost their shit about from these guys?
0: Hypnosophony. That's right. Hypnosophonophosophony. Try
1: to remember thinking was real cool, and
0: then mm-hmm. sort of forgot
1: they existed. And then here they are with the follow up to that. I don't know if it's their second album or they've had other things, but it's the they've had other things. They've had other things, but this is the yeah. second one anyone's ever given a shit about. Correct. Um. So I imagine you were pretty hyped going into this one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That and- was a Hypnosophy was a top five okay. album for me in the year it came out. If not even higher than that. Right.
1: Yeah. I don't think I quite had the the personal connection to it because it's a little bit outside of my. Wheelhouse, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have, there's no mosh calls. That's what I'm saying. Um, but I, I definitely listened and went, yeah, this is sick. Um, so I was hyped to uh, check out what this one sounded like as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a very different sounding album to that one. Um, does that mean it's better or worse Carlo how are you feeling about fucking hell I've just looked at the album title Nemeside
0: yep they do make it easy for you um, so I'm liking it liking I'm liking it do yeah. you reckon this sounds like the last one uh, it's got like I think the bass the black metal bass is pretty similar um, I think what they do with the sax sounds different this time mm-hmm. um, although there are I haven't listened to it enough to figure out whether the callbacks I think I'm hearing are two earlier songs in this album or if they're calling back to the previous album okay um but uh yeah i need to need to listen to it some more um but it's still i feel like the vocals are a bit less avant-garde than i remember Mm -hmm. um but overall i am i am enjoying it i still i think this is good i don't like it as much as the previous one but i'm also not sure if it's like i feel like it always feels better when you find something new that's completely unexpected and blows you away than Mm -hmm. when you're anticipating something to be really good and then listening to it like you could you could Write exactly the same album, but whether you experience it as a surprise or whether you experience it as anticipated, I think makes a big difference in how you perceive that same piece of work. Hmm. Um so so yeah. I don't know I don't know if that's playing a part or if it's just not as good as the previous one. Um but this this will almost certainly land on my list. Okay. Um whether it's top ten, I don't know. Oh um, wow. Like I well, this is this the human- skid
1: row this- album in there first. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's assuming it grows on me. So right now, it's not. It wouldn't be in my top ten, um, but it, it will probably land on my list somewhere.
1: Um, this won't be anywhere near my list. I am very underwhelmed by this. I uh, I put it on when when I've been hyping a, a when I've been going on about you know how different this sounds is because yeah, I put it on. My first reaction was, oh, I thought they sounded different. And then as it went on, my my feeling was, I thought they sounded a lot better. I find this album very competent. Like clearly they're they're good at mm-hmm. doing the music. I find it it really dull um, and, and really sort of standard. Uh, my notes for this is it sounds like a boring Psy album, um, which I know you're you're not particularly familiar with Psy from the quick chat we had about their album that came out this last year. But this sounds like one of the the middling Psy albums that they did in the middle where they sort of lost their way a bit, like Gravewood or something. Um, the saxophone, I, I sort of rolled my eyes when it came in. Like, it's so trite at this point, and they're, they're just not doing anything with it. It's just saxophone for saxophone's sake, it feels like. And then as it went on, it got a bit more gothy. So my notes switched to, this is now a boring Tiamat album. (laughs) And the thing about Sai and Tiamat is they were doing this thing almost 30 years ago to a way higher standard. Um, So I was wondering, like, am I not just into this? And I went back and listened to Hypnosophy. Hypnosophy fucking rules. And sounds really exciting and interesting. And this just sounds like prog metal band tries to prog. I don't know. I don't have much to say about this, but I've... I don't even know if I've got through the whole thing. I, I find it really boring.
0: Oof. Well, yeah. I think that's harsh,
1: but we'll top see. Ten, it. you reckon? Top we'll ten? See. This and Skid Row in your top ten? <laughs> um,
0: alright. Album of the year contender. You heard it here first. <laughs>
1: Hitting bloody wood. <laughs> Skin row, bloody wood, and, and electric old Carlo's favorite albums. <laughs> like, that's not far off, right? I mean, two, two of, of those are in there. Bad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, no, you, but you've, you've set me up well here because... um.
0: You're trying to segue into Sleeping With Sirens.
1: I am. Because you were saying that it's fun when you discover things and you have no anticipation for them. And then you just come across me like, oh, isn't this nice? Um. Because I was aware of uh, Sleeping With Sirens, like I'd seen the name. Mm-hmm. and I had never bothered to listen to them at all because why the fuck would I
0: um yeah I in the um, same camp
1: yeah everything about them and I and I didn't really know what they what they sounded like and and then the singles I think I mentioned on one of the earlier episodes but the single for this came out with the guy from under Earth in it and I thought it was real good and then I listened to a couple of the singles from this album and I was like oh this is cool maybe maybe this sleeping with sirens album uh, band are, are, are about something and I went back and listened to their old stuff and Carlo turns out sleeping with sirens are a really good band um not the not their more recent stuff which sucks as exactly as much as you think it does but their first two albums are really quite good right. and really quite different to what I thought they sounded like like the new stuff sounds like whiny emo pop punk which is what I expected the mm-hmm. first two albums are really sort of like mathy like they remind me of like Coed and Cambria when they do their more emo progia stuff um, sort of mid period even earlier um, Coed and Cambria stuff and yes yeah, more wiry hardcore like Protest the Heroes earlier stuff right? which I was not expecting out on, I don't think it's done to that standard, but I was very impressed, particularly by the the first Sleeping with Sirens album. And I was like, okay. And then this album came out. I think this album fucking slaps. I'm really into this. Um, it sounds nothing like wiry Protest the Hero. This is doing the whiny emo pop punk thing, mm-hmm. but I think doing it really, really well. And we're going to get your take on it in a second. But Bring Me the Horizon, I think, are a massive touch point for this. And I reckon the shit's all over that Last Bring Me the Horizon album. So I will, I will leave my thoughts there for the moment. Carlo, are you with me or against me?
0: This is fine. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> really, I'm not. I'm not going to go to bat for sleeping with sirens the way I would for fucking Urish or whatever.
0: I mean, I'm shocked that you think this is better than the last Bring Me the Horizon record. That is just. Well, it doesn't have a shit song with baby metal in the middle of it. I would take the baby metal song over this any day. There, um, there like is one. I'll uh, oh, go on. the hooks, the hooks here are good, mm. um, and I like the t- the two vocalist thing. Even though I think the the female vocalist is a fair bit better. There um, are I guess
1: vocalists that are only on two songs. She is not in the band.
0: Oh really? If you're uh. talking
1: about the high vocals, that is one guy doing that.
0: Oh, right. There you go. Hmm. Well, Maybe you should stick to that then. Way! <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's fine.
1: All right. Um. Yeah, no, I, I really like this. Uh, I was going to say, I was complaining about the the baby metal song. Um, there is one bad song on this album, uh, but thankfully they've put it right at the end. Apathetic fucking sucks. Uh, Apathetic is them trying to do their version of a Data Remembers. It means a lot to me with the heartfelt acoustic song about being on tour and missing your girlfriend or whatever. There's a bullshit line about separating the art from the artist, and it sucks. But everything else on this album, like, I'm, I'm not only going to say I like this more than that Last Spring of the Horizon album, I think this is way more successful, way more interesting, and a way better version of the new Architects album. If you want big chorus, riff-driven rock, I think this is the album for that sound at the moment. It's completely insubstantial. It's completely disposable. But if I want to throw on something for 30 minutes and jump around and feel good and sing some big choruses... Um, I think this just packs them. Like you're saying, it hasn't really stuck with you. I haven't, the, the chorus to let you down has not left my head since I heard it. It's in there, it's rattling around, even when I'm listening to Obsidious or whatever, it's just in the background. and go, hey man, what is, listen to that. Um, I think that song's great. I think the one, I think is it Crosses that he does with the Under Earth guy that was the lead single. I think that song is really cool and much heavier than I expected for them. Um, and when I say much heavier, it's like you watch the video and he's trading off with the guy from Under Earth and they're being all mean. And mm-hmm. it's like they're two dogs, right? But they're not pit bulls. It's like you got a Labrador and a Chihuahua and they're just going <laughs> off. <laughs> but they're going for it, right? Um, I think that song's really cool. Um, but the one, do you remember the song Family Tree? Yep. How do you feel about Family Tree, Carlo? Uh,
0: I mean, I remember it, so that's a start. Why do you remember it? Uh, the had like a catchy melody. Right. Um, I was going to say you remember it because it's whiny
1: auto-tuned bullshit. Um, it's, it might be my favourite song on the album. I think it's, it's really cool and I think it's really interesting. I think there's a bit of substance there. You don't care. I think it's really good. And I'm surprised by how much I like this. Like I'm genuinely shocked by how much I'm into this. And I've been listening to it stacks because it does the I'm going to compare Sleeping with Sirens to get the shot, but this album's like half an hour long and I can just put it on and be like, woo and then turn it off when the last song comes on. Um they're playing uh the Good Things Festival. No, oh, are they? Yep. And they're probably gonna like clash with Soulfly or something because who would want to see both those bands? Turns out it's me. <laughs> and I'm at a stage in my life where I think I'd go see Sleeping with Sirens rather than Soulfly. <laughs> so that is what has become with me Sport time Um, which is just some other stuff we've been listening to that I think is worth shouting out the first being another fairly substantial release uh, for the month being Alterbridge's Pawns and Kings Um, I'm always shocked by how big a deal Alterbridge sort of are um, both because I think they're like not good enough and too good for the status they have like they're not good enough and they're, they're just they're creed and whatever and they're, they're shonky try hard radio metal or whatever and then but they're too good in that they're actually like way heavier and better and cooler than they sound and I'm like why is this appealing to people is it just because they were in creed I don't really get it is, is this one the ones you, you listen to
0: I did listen to this yeah
1: right um, and much interest in Bridge at all before coming into this
0: one uh, there are a few songs that I like but that's about it like Ingus slaps uh-huh. and blackbird is cool and um, the albums that those came from were pretty good but for the most part I think Alter Bridge is fine
1: alright I'll throw to you first then what do you make of pawns and kinks
0: uh, I thought it was fine. Right. Um,
1: um, much like sleeping with Sharon's, I was I was shocked by this album. Um, this is have, have you been keeping up with Alter Bridge at all? Not really. Uh, I, I thought they sort of peaked with the album Fortress, whenever that was, and then the few since then have been progressively, yeah, not as good, but also playing more into the naff heavy metal posturing side rather than the cool actual heavy stuff that they do, I and mean, then leaning more into the side of the Alter Bridge that I'm not interested in. Mm. So I had absolutely no interest or expectations going into this, and then I'll listen to it, and fuck me. This album is really good, first of all. I think this is the, definitely the best album they've done since Fortress, and maybe the second best overall. Um, but it's really heavy. Like, this has got stomping Black Label Society riffs all through it, and normally like... Um, Mark, Tremonti. Mark Tremonti, He always throws in a couple of heavy riffs. There's normally like two or three tracks per album that have like, you know, the big metal riff. Every song on this album is the big stomping riff song. And there's even one where he gets a bit genty, throws and some Meshuggah-style shit in there. And I'm like, okay, I, I think this album's great. Um, it's not going to make my list or anything, but if we're talking just like straightforward metal albums, it's a real standout, and I've been listening to it a bunch. So, yeah, genuinely impressed by this one. And it's sort of the album that I go, okay, all right, maybe maybe they deserve all the, the success and everything. And if like this is sort of mainstream metal, then fuck yeah, I'm happy for it. <laughs> Another big ish metal release uh from the month was Goat Whore's, uh angels have hung from the arches of heaven, which is uh b a f c um any any interest history with Goat Whore at all nope uh, you ever listen to listen Goat to Whore? this uh, No. Goat Whore sound like what would a band called Goat Whore sound like this is nasty thrashy black and death metal um I really liked. Their 2009 album "Carving Out the Eyes of God," which is also this is extra BAFC, um, which sounds like Celtic Thrash Frost plus Motorhead plus Thrash Metal. Um, that was an album of the year contender for me. Now, if you're playing along, that's 2009. I was 19, which isn't as young as I could have been, but you know, maybe my tastes have not matured by then. But at that point, a band called Goat Hall playing carving and uh, music that sounds like Celtic Frost Thrash on an album called "Carving Out the Eyes of God" was about as good as it gets. Um, that album and, and the one before it really hold up up and then they they sort of lost me after that um, with a bunch of albums that sounded much the same but not as good. Although mm-hmm. every every list I went and looked up of, what a Goat Horror albums ranked? Always put the one after it, Blood for the Master. Every single one had that as number one and that is the album of theirs that I'm sort of least interested in that I was just like, ah, it's, it's not as good. So I don't know what's going on there. Point is, Goat Horror a band I once loved and then sort of lost interest in and then I listened to this album and it reminded me how fucking good Goat Horror are. Um, and then I went back and listened to all the albums in between. I still don't like um, Blood for the Master but I like the other two. They're They're way better than I remember. And I've just had a bloody good month just listening to all the Goat Whore. So if you like Goat Whore, I think this is a a good Goat Whore album. There was also the Dr. Acula album, Silent Pendulum. Uh, Any knowledge, interest in Dr. Acula? Did you listen to this one? Do you know who Dr. Acula are? Nope. Dr. Acula were like a MySpace core band from the early 2000s that were most famous for having a video clip where rather than a guitar flip, they did a keyboard flip. They wore like face masks. Like they were in on the joke, but the joke wasn't good and they just sucked. Um, and then they came back and this is sort of a who asked for this Dr. Acula reunion except for the fact that Silent Pendulum fucking rules um, this album is is sick uh, It I was going to say it doesn't really sound like old Dr. Acula, which was that MySpace core thing but going back and sort of dipping in and being like did they sound like this yeah kind of I sort of expected them to be like a crunk core um, electric Cowboy, broken side sort of thing they're less that than just like a shitty metal core band right. um, but this, this album sounds like uh, the agony scene if you know them at all um, just real nasty no, Oh, yeah. thrashy riff driven metal core um, with a bit of like Southern swing to it in parts uh, that reminded me a lot of cancer bats really just surprised by this album. Um, don't think it's like an, Oh my God, standout, but like real solid. If you just want thrashy heavy metal, that's just way better than it has any right to be, it has a really cool cover as well. Um, and also all their songs are named after goosebumps books. And I was like, Oh, goosebumps. And I went and listened to a bunch of goosebumps podcasts and, and stuff. So <laughs> I, along with listening to Go- goat, I've been listening to goat horn Bob's podcast. and That's been my October. Um, There was a fucked up EP called Oberon. I put this here uh, before it came out because I really liked that last fucked up album. You did not. I assume you didn't listen to this one.
0: I listened to half of it Uh, and I was like, yeah, this is fine. Not my thing.
1: That's about where I was at with it as well. It's got a sludgy. It was a bit boring. I mean, it's Oberon. It's about, you know, fairy king and stuff. I thought this could have been cool, but it sort of wasn't. It was a bit bit bland. I thought, especially compared with how cool that fucked up album is. Probably they have an album coming out in January. So I'm still looking forward to that, but yeah, nothing really to report there. Um, there was a Dark Throne album, which I put in here because they're like a big name. I don't give a shit about Dark Throne. They have a couple of albums I like, but on the whole, not interested. I listened to this album once. Sounds like Darkthrone. Throne. Um, I've mostly put it here to shout out all the other black metal albums that uh, I think are more interesting to listen to, much like we did with Behemoth. Not not for the same reasons, because I think Dark Throne is sort of the cool political black metal band guys, right? So I don't have any beef with Darkthrone themselves, but in terms of if you just want straightforward black metal, there was an album uh, by a band called Theotoxin, um, which is called, fuck, I don't know. Know, fragment Tor- Torrentru or something. It's like the second fragment album they have. Um, originally, I wanted to do this as a, a special guest one because I, I think it's like really quite good. But there isn't anything to say about it. It's just straightforward black metal. But I think it's
0: very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you listen to this one? No. I listened to the Dark Throne one, and I concur with your thoughts. But uh, no, I did not check out the Atoxin. Yeah,
1: Sure, sounds like Dark Throne. Like um, weirdly, I really like the first Dark Throne album, Soulside Journey, which is the weird death metal one that before they became a, a black metal band. Um, but Dark Throne are a band who are known for like dark throne, but actually have like you know six or seven different phases in their career that are all kind of interesting um but yeah the, the underground resistance from 2013 i think was the last time i was i was truly impressed by a dark throne album and then since then they've sort of gone back into that necro black metal thing which i'm not that interested in and this is the most necro dark throne sounding album i think they've done for a while so not particularly mm-hmm. inspiring Yeah, one I thought you might be interested in that you said you listened to was Marta by Furtan um, which has the exact same cover as the new Spell album that came out this month as well that I was looking forward to they're like a Doomy heavy metal band but um, that new Spell album I think is pretty ordinary so I didn't even put it on the list but uh, Marta by Furtan I think is much more interesting Um, what did you make of of that?
0: Yeah I've only listened to it once but I thought it was pretty good, Um, sort of a bit more progressive black metal um, well black metal with strings at times Um, so It's promising. Uh, I want to listen to it a few more times.
1: Yeah, I had that for that. I mean, I mostly put it here because I thought you might like it. It's like, yeah, proggy black metal, but as you said, leans into that stringy. I don't want to make the name of Livascarus comparison, but like you could if you wanted to. They don't go that far, but like, hey, if you like this, a black metal album you might like is this one. It seems like I might be on the money with that. But I I agree, you gotta sort of dig for it a little bit. It doesn't really hit you with what's interesting about it. Like, I don't even think Mm. the strings really kick into about halfway through, but there are bits and pieces of this album where I'm like, that is really good. And if they focused on that a bit more, we could have an interesting follow-up. I've also put a couple of albums here that came out last month that um, I didn't shout out then that I wanted to shout out now. One, sticking with the black metal theme, Kinda, is the new Venom Inc. album called There's Only Black. Um, Venom Inc., which are like the offshoot of Venom that don't have anyone from Venom in them now, I think, because the guy who was in Venom left them, so now they're just a band, but maybe there's one dude from Venom I don't fucking know, right? (laughs) Um, This doesn't really sound like black metal. This sounds like thrashy motorhead, and it's shockingly good. Uh- <laughs>
0: Venom. It seems to be your theme of the of the month, Josh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Venom. I like early Venom. Um, and even some of their more recent stuff is not really interesting, but serviceable. Um, but I think this is a cut above that as far as like, yeah, raw sounding heavy metal goes. Like, if you like Motorhead, definitely check this out. If you like early Metallica, check it out. Um, yeah, there's only black. It's it's quite good, especially the second half. Um, another one that came out last month that I want to shout out is a album called Black Bile by a band called Sinnery, who are from Israel, I think. Uh, they're a thrash metal band. I think I listened to one of their previous albums and thought it was pretty decent, but forgot about it. This one came out. I recognize the name I threw it on. It's really quite good. Um, sort of more death-leaning, death thrash, slayer sort of thing. Uh, with a lot of sort of uh early trivium influence in this as right. well. If you can sort of imagine Ascendancy era trivium mashed with Slayer. It's um, sort of where you're getting with this. So I thought that might be of interest to you. Um, yeah. There hasn't been a lot of good thrash metal this year. And I don't think this is like an amazing standout, but as far as yeah, just straight down the line, thrash metal goes, that is a good example of it. And the last album I wanted to shout out in our supports is an album called unstoppable by a, a band, but not really called Invictus because Invictus is the, it's being billed as the solo project by the lead singer of cataclysm, but mm-hmm. it has all the guys from cataclysm playing on it. And it sounds exactly like cataclysm. Um, uh, so this may as well be a Cataclysm <laughs> album. Um, do you have any interest in Cataclysm? Not really. Um, I like Cataclysm a lot, or I like certain pieces of, of Cataclysm a lot. So Cataclysm, for people who don't know, um, uh, like big, stompy death metal, like just groove. Um, and they had a run of albums from 2002 uh, with um, Shadows and Dust and then Serenity and Fire and In the Arms of Devastation from 2006, where they added in some more Mellow Death sort of influence. Um, in the Arms of Devastation fucking Rules, uh, um, they literally have a song where they throw the Davidian riff on the end. It owns. And then since then, they've sort of been up and down. They released, you know, a couple of bad ones or a really good one. I think Waiting for the End to Come from 2013 is extremely underrated. Um, and But then the last few they've released haven't really been on par, which is to say, I think this album, uh, which is a fairly average, melodic, groovy, death metal album overall, but if this was the new Cataclysm album, I'd, I'd be pretty cool with it. I'd be like, oh, they've gone more melodic, and I think it works for them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's one that you can just put on and feel tough and they'd be like, yeah, I am the strongest. <laughs> but not quite as strong as um, Get the Shot or whatever, but wasn't expecting much from it and was like, oh, pretty solid and probably better than what his, his main band has been doing um, recently. Okay, so we're going to do a very truncated Cool People Time section here um, with the new Carly Rae and Taylor Swift albums. I mean, I've already sort of said my piece on these albums. You can go check out my thoughts on them in the relevant release day roundup post uh, where they were both my top picks for the week. Uh, Carly, you seem to hint that you have a, a differing opinion. So why don't we start with uh, Carly Rae Jepsen because that is the one where I said out of these two for me I prefer the Carly Rae album um, and I even said this is the feel good pop album I've been waiting for all year and has reignited my love of pop music hello has it reignited your love of pop music <laughs>
0: there's only so much a guy can take Josh and we've hit my limit with it's Carly Rae Jepsen yep I could not even get through half of it well, so it what did you like about it just too sugary
1: hmm that's interesting that is that is actually an interesting take um, because I think this is, this is sort of the mature, ironic Kylie Ray Jepsen album. Like, this, is, this isn't this Call Me Maybe, this is Call Me Maybe All Grown Up. Um, it, sugary I isn't a word I would describe. Well,
0: I, I didn't like it when it was young, and I don't like it <laughs> grown up either. Yeah, fair enough. Not your sound.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you didn't even get to the end of this album, because I think that's where it gets a bit rocky. Um, The lead single from this was very reminiscent of that last Lord album, which I think was an utter embarrassment to the idea of music. Um, very reminiscent of that, both in sound and imagery, and I was like, oh no, and then she released one with um, fuck, I can't remember the guy the guy's name but it's like the title track and it's he's like a theater show tune tunes guy and it's a very earnest ballad and I was like oh no um they listened to the album and I think the first half is is very different um just the, the song talking to yourself is the best pop song of the year I love it I'm so into it this, this album makes me feel good I tell you to go back and listen to old Carly Ray but you don't care so yes <laughs> but she'd been sort of leaning in a more more mature sound over the last couple of albums and that is here but i think she has kept the um fun and joy of the stuff of hers that i do like so pleasantly surprised um as i was by the new taylor swift album which i have written multiple essays about uh, the previous last few Taylor Taylor Swift albums because at one point Taylor Swift was my girl color and 1989 was was the best pop album I'd ever heard and this is before I heard Art Pop in full so it has since been usurped. but I still think 1989 might be my second favorite pop pop album ever. Um, did you have any fondness for Taylor Swift at all?
0: No. Did you, you um, jump
1: on the hype I've train never, when she went all JT?
0: No, I've never really been a fan of hers. Um, her, her brand of pop doesn't really do it for me and the more folk-lining stuff just turns me off even more. Uh, right. so, so
1: that is yeah. that is where we um, come together on this one, because despite her now being taken seriously as a real artist who writes serious music, I was pretty unimpressed and felt pretty cynical about the, those last two albums that came out and was expecting more of the same from this one. Um, and it kind of is like, this is the same sort of sound, but I think done done way better on this album and with hints and Bits and pieces that still go, oh, there's some of that old pop Taylor Swift t- sound in this as well. Like, just it opens with, like, an electronic throb, which I was just like, oh, okay, thank you. That's what I needed. Um, I think this album is as good as everyone claimed the last few were. That's where I'm at with this.
0: So, there you go. You do like Billie Eilish after all, Josh.
1: Mmm. This is way better than Billie Eilish. There is a song. <laughs> there is a song. I was going to say, I was going to say, but what's the one?
0: Vigilante shit?
1: Yeah. That's her doing Billie Eilish and just dropping the mic and walking out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does remind me a lot of of Billy I do still prefer Billy but Mm -hmm. this is actually pretty good Uh, I can now say that there are Taylor Swift songs I enjoy Mm. Um, so I like Lavender Haze Vigilante Shit Lavender Haze is great great. Bejeweled's a banger Um, so the like the album as a whole is like I I probably wouldn't choose to listen to it and the constant focus on love and relationships in the lyrics just does Mm. my head in Um, like can't you just do something else for a short time please um but okay. it's, it's it was better than I expected. It's, um, and there's
1: there's a bit more variation on this than you're giving credit for. I think this is a, a fairly introspective album rather than the the love drama. But I don't want to bother going into it all now.
0: I mean, there's it, it will be mentioned at least once in pretty much every song. Um, what
1: do you make of uh, "Snow on the Beach," which is the duet with Lana Del Rey?
0: Um, I I find Lana Del Rey pretty boring. So agreed. Um, I don't really remember the song much.
1: It sounds exactly like what you think an earnest, heartfelt Taylor Swift Lana Del. Ray Duet called Snow on the Beach is called like everything about that screams cringe and it sounds exactly like what you think every time it comes on I'm just floored I'm just like this sounds so fucking good um I don't know man I mean we were talking about um Butterfly Effect being the best sounding album of the year and it's not anymore and I know there's there's a big difference between um Taylor Swift and the Butterfly Effect but like the production on this is astounding and obviously it's extremely expensive and and had all the songwriters and producers in the world thrown at it like literally but the results are worth it in this case i think i'm every time i go back to this album i'm kind of shocked by how
0: good it is and i think
1: it's going to keep keep growing on me okay all righty Next month,
0: there's not much. And well, like the, I mean, you've got quite a bit there, but none of it's particularly inspiring.
1: No. There's Devon Townsend, which is already out. There's Smashing Pumpkins, which I was worried was going to be a, a triple album, but apparently it's only the first part of a triple album. And the single's actually kind of decent, so I wouldn't mind checking that out. There's the Elder Album, I reckon is worth talking about. There's Black mm-hmm. Lives Circles. We could also kind of fuck it all off and like we were going to maybe do our favorite bands thing. I don't know. It's to try and make it a bit more fun because there's a lot of stuff there we could talk about. A lot of it I've already heard and isn't that interesting. Like we mm-hmm. can talk about the Here's Legend album and I'd be like, Here's Legend are a cool band. And they they didn't used to sound like Meshuggah, but now they do sound like Meshuggah, but you don't care. We don't really need to have that conversation, right? because um, I've got cool people our favorite bands, because I mentioned on a on a previous thing, like maybe we could do a thing where we do our favorite bands. So I was gonna do it in November because I was like, There's not that much coming out in November. Oh, there is the Nickelback album. I do want to talk about the Nickelback album. <laughs> I've just seen that. I'm like, oh hot tip. Check out the disturbed album. Yep. Um okay. all right. The way I would envision the favorite bands thing working if we did do it is i was going to say we have we have three categories we sort of limit it where it's like you know we do a minute or two on each band we do like a top 10 or something Mm -hmm. and we do for each band we go this is the band number 10 this band and we do their best album their worst album and their most underrated album Mm -hmm. we just smash through that and i thought that might be fun yeah i like it all right cool man no i'm mad at you skid row jesus christ I okay, we don't
0: have any more time to hash this out, but I am, I am shocked and appalled. <laughs> see ya, see you, man.